Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate <laughs> is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Club, welcome back to another episode. Here we are. I am so excited for today's episode. My guest is Jacob Anderson. Uh, yes, the dreamy, wonderful, lovely Jacob Anderson, who you know from Interview with a Vampire, Game of Thrones. Personally, my first memory skins, of course, because I was obsessed with skins. <laughs> but we're going to talk to Jacob all about that finale you saw this past weekend. A few other things. Uh, mostly, did you know Jacob's like a total comedy nerd? Yeah, we're going to talk about community and Arrested about It's very cute, very sweet. Probably my favorite person in the world now. But what's, what's going on with me? There's been so much TV. And as maybe, you know, many of you know, I've been on a little vacation. I've, I've been in Colombia, uh, which absolutely love it here. By the way, if you ever get the chance to come visit, but I'm on this little vacation, which has made watching TV hard. I have my VPN. I have my, you know, pirating streaming sites. So I've been keeping up for you. So, yeah, you know, I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts on White Lotus season two. We're getting through it. Look, I was very excited when the season started. I think we all were because of the male nudity and Sutton from the bold type. Bold ones, no. Uh, Daphne is played by Sutton from the bold type. I still don't know the, I just call her son from the bold type and that's who she will forever be because that's one of her greatest characters. Uh, but, you know, and we got Aubrey Plaza. I was so excited. And each week I just feel like we're kind of losing steam. Things are kind of just slowing down a lot more. We're running in circles over the same uh, sort of metaphors they're setting up. And it's like, let's get to the action. Uh, I also cannot stand Jennifer Coolidge's character, her uh, her assistant, I cannot stand the assistant. I think she so far is the true villain of the show. The true, true villain. It's like, she has one rule. Stay out of your boss's way. Just stay out of your boss's way. Just stay in your room and order room service or leave the hotel and go do something fun. And instead, she's just like, I just want to sit here and like cry and complain because a cute boy like, I don't, isn't like super aggressive with me. Oh, and it's, she said just, I don't know. She's just one of those like, people that I could tell if I was, you know, meeting her in real life, I just would be like, you need to get away from me. So that's how I'm feeling about White Lotus. 
Uh, We had a very controversial Saturday Night Live episode this past weekend with Dave Chappelle hosting and Black Stars, the musical guest. Uh, You know, so in Columbia here, I am on East Coast time. I'm, you know, we, the America fell back, Columbia didn't. So now I'm on the East Coast time. And I don't understand how you East Coasters stay up so late to watch Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Okay, I'm in LA. I watch it at like 8.30, 9.30 and have the rest of my night. Uh, staying up that late, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. I was too tired. So instead, I caught up on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I was two episodes behind on this new season. Uh, as we know with Grey's, they are trying to introduce us to Grey's Anatomy, the new cast. These This group of young, young doctors. It's just not working for me. I don't know how they chose this group of actors. It seems a lot like they're trying to like recreate magic. It's like instead of you know, Meredith being this like snarky kind of young girl. She's like now a snarky young black girl. You know, they they have like their Yang 2.0. It's just they also have a baby shepherd like Derek Shepard's nephew is now a doctor in the program and he doesn't want people to know he's a shepherd. So he's using a different last name. But then people thought he was sleeping with Amelia Shepard, who is his aunt. And it just was weird and unnecessary. And I'm just not enjoying it. I just and they're also, you know, slowly writing Meredith off. She has decided to move to Boston. And then to really cement that idea, they had her house burned down, which was probably the funniest thing about this last episode is there's like a horrible like lightning storm in Seattle. And every like five minutes, the doctors are like, it's so rare to get struck by lightning. Like it only happens one in 10,000 times. And in this one episode, like five humans get struck by lightning. Mary's house gets struck by lightning. Like the hospital gets struck by lightning. Everything is getting struck by lightning. So, you know, just the bad luck in the Grey's universe. I understand why Meredith needs to go to Boston and and try to be safe. Uh, But I do not like that they have brought, you know, all of these Boston characters back. Graysick. It's like, I don't want to watch them. Just, uh, I don't know. But maybe we'll get a giant intern slaughter that if you're a bit longtime Grey's watcher, you know, that is that's a normal thing. So in the Grey's universe, like every so often, they'll just be like, you know what? We don't like these interns we cast. Let's just like (laughs) slaughter them all. Like, well, let's have them get electrocuted in the basement or have like a shooting or a fire in the hospital and all the interns just disappear. So, you know, if they want to restart fresh for season 20, I'll be right here seeing how they do it. But then you know, I did uh, the next day I woke up and I, I kind of watched like the best of clips, I guess, from the, the Dave Chappelle episode. You know, they did, I guess, some sort of digital sketch that was House of Dragons with characters from Chappelle's show in it. Yes, that is TV characters from sketches that are over 20 years old. Uh, I watched with a friend of mine who is not familiar with House of the Dragons, but kind of knows some of the Chappelle stuff and was just like, is this like a Rick James bitch joke in the year 2022? That's how it felt to me. Uh, But there was one sketch I did love that I thought was so brilliant. The please don't destroy election sketch with uh, Molly, the wonderful, wonderful Molly Carney. That was so funny. Molly was elected as the Ohio AG based on a tweet. And that was, to me, the sketch of the night. Uh, They also finally let Sarah Sherman like dominate her space on the weekend update, got a full like Sarah weekend update news, which is what we all want. We just want her to take it over. I had a beautiful dream, actually, the last week that they finally replaced uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che with Sarah Sherman and Bowen Yang. 
It's a beautiful dream. Let's make it a reality. I will say I liked the sketch uh, where Mikey Day was cast to replace Dave Chappelle in like the Black Heaven sketch. And they just had Mikey Day say a bunch of ridiculous stuff. I guess it was nice to remember Mikey Day is still on the show. He's not just out there slinging us things that aren't cake on Netflix. Uh, So like I said, you also had the interview with a vampire finale. We're going to talk about that with Jacob Anderson later. So I don't need to break it down for you. But let me just say this first season, I am so glad this show was already renewed because uh, it was just so good. They are following the film pretty closely, I would say, with how this finale went. Like I wasn't a little too shocked, but I was like, oh, beautiful way to twist that and turn it and give my girl Claire just, you know, some stellar scenes, I'll say. Uh, but stick around to listen to Jacob so you can get into that, you know, and, and there's some a few other things we're watching. We had uh, the whole season of Big Mouth Cam come out. I already talked about it. Love this new season. I hate Rick the Hormone Monster. He's so hard to watch and disgusting. That was the only part of the season I didn't like in a season that I would say is just stellar for an animated comedy that's been running this long. It just, again, was a great season I related to that I thought covered a lot of topics very well. We also had... The Vow, which, you know, I I talked last week. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that as I've been watching The Vow, I've been tweeting about it. And last week, two of the remaining Nexium cult Keith Ranieri supporters started like coming for me on Twitter. (laughs) Like I was just like, yeah, he's a bad guy. And they were like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just jealous of us because you're fat. It was very ridiculous. But I was like, yeah, you guys are the people Keith Raniere is relying on to get him out of prison. And that is what he deserves. Like his just worst, dumbest supporters are the only people left. And I think that's great. That's what, yeah, truly wonderful. Uh, They're too busy yelling at me on Twitter to, you know, get him out of jail. So I don't think we have to worry, you guys. But again, I still just have the same issues with the vow being made by Mark Vicente, someone who very early in Nexium did silence victims, did work on, you know, Ranieri's behalf to do horrible things and to hide horrible truths. And the documentary still ignores a lot of that part. Uh, This week, we get to episode 15 across both seasons, so episode five of season two, but it took 15 episodes for them to finally get to the fact that Keith Ranieri kidnapped underage girls from Mexico and kept them locked in rooms. So, you know, if you want to hear that story faster, I would recommend watching Seduced on Stars, the superior Nexium documentary, and also The Lost Women of Nexium on Hulu. After that, I watched Lowdown Murder, uh, the Murdow Family, Murdow County documentary that's on HBO. It's a three part. You know, if I said Murdow and you were like, oh, I, I've heard about this. Yes, there were there have been Dateline special 2020 documentaries on this family that, you know, was from the South, had this very privileged career, just very, like, they ran the town. Like, they were judges for a 100 years, and then they had this, like, douchebag son who got drunk and killed a girl on a boat, and then it basically comes out that their family was connected to a ton of more murders. The dad is, like, embezzling money from victims. It's horrible. Uh, And, you know, I'd say most of this has been covered. There is not a ton of new information in this, But if you have not watched a thorough overview, I do think this is the best one. Uh, It has a lot of new unseen footage. It has a lot of new perspectives from survivors from the boat accident, family members. It's kind of just the most thorough look that I've seen uh, of, of this case. I will say I don't know if I agree with the overall premise, which is, you know, the overall kind of 
theme of the series is, you know, it doesn't matter how evil the Murdows were. They don't deserve all of this loss and stuff. And, you know, I'll let you you watch it and make your uh, your mind up on that, because I was kind of like, seems like karma, seems like justice. OK, so <laughs> uh, but, you know, I have, I guess, a lot of sympathy for their victims. So, that, you know, that's what I've been watching down here in Columbia. It, it's been great. You know, also caught up on Abbott Elementary, which was so hard to do. It is very hard to get your network TV in another country, like even with a VPN, like they they know what you're trying to do. But oh, this Abbott Elementary, the last episode, we got Zach Fox back visiting as as, you know, the boyfriend. It was so funny. I absolutely loved it. Just again, in its second season, proving why it deserved all those awards and all of this acclaim. Because it's just it's just going strong. It's still trucking and great. So if you're not, you know, watching season two of Abbott, which why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be? Go do that. And then one kind of big thing we did have is uh, the finale for Friend of the Family on Peacock. I'm a little disappointed because I thought this show would get way more attention. I thought people would be talking about it. It's like one of those, you know, it's made limited series Emmy bait. Like you have amazing performances. You have Colin Hanks. You have all of these Jake Lacey, all these amazing performers, and they are turning it up to 11. And it's this tragic story based on a true story. And I think the finale really nailed it and really pressed in why this had to be made versus just the Netflix documentary Abducted in Plain Sight. Uh, that documentary, you know, gets into the realism of it. Uh, it, it, it makes you realize like the story is so out there and you couldn't think it's real, but it is. But the TV show really breaks down from the victim's perspective, how they fell into this, how the family was sort of just horrifically seduced by this man. And the ending is just so well done and powerful when you finally see, you know, the young girl, like realize all the lies she's been told and kind of break down in the truth. It's like the necessary moment that the Netflix docket didn't give us. So I would recommend it. And I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, maybe it deserves some more attention than like White Lotus season two is getting as a limited series. Well, I guess you can't even call White Lotus a limited series anymore. But, you know, it just I figured it'd be up there with like, oh, the thing about Pam or, you know, Dr. Death in terms of people really talking about it. So I'm a little disappointed. Uh, we also had the Atlanta finale. The Atlanta finale last week. I loved it. I thought it was a perfect send off to a perfect season and a, a near perfect show that changed the course of TV history. You know, Reservation Dogs, Rami, Mo, all those shows we owe the bear. We owe it, uh, which we're, we're going to talk about the bear later, too, because Jacob Anderson is a fan. Like I said, he has amazing TV taste. But but all those shows owe so much to Atlanta paving the way. Uh, for minority storytellers to do weird things, to do what they want, to create stories that didn't fit in clean boxes. So, you know, I loved it. I, I thought I'd see more people talking about it, engaging with it. I'm a little disappointed there. But, you know, I do, as I've said a few times, my Atlanta conspiracy theory is that I think if they had run this last season as the third season and the third season as the final season, people would have been happier. But, you know, that Europe season burned a lot of people's trust. So, you know, they stepped away and they, they didn't rush back to season four. I think, you know, now people will watch it, get reengaged and realize what a special show that was. Uh, that's so much TV, right? That's so I watched so much, even though I'm in another country. I did my best. 
<laughs> I did my best to watch as much as I could for you. So, you know, that's that's your watch list right there. You got a bunch to catch up on. I know you do because enough of you aren't talking to me about Atlanta. So I know you got to go watch it. So, you know, that that's our watch list. That's what we're, that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm just I'm living it up here on vacation. My first like real vacation in a pretty long time. I love Columbia. Watching TV here is great. It's so fun. Uh, and it's actually interesting. Like there, I've I've run into some people here who do watch the shows I do, and it's it's fun to try to talk about it in broken Spanish because my Spanish is horrible. But I'm just loving it, and I hope. Hey, you know, I hope you get some TV to watch. Well, there you go. Uh, and hey, if you're in LA and you want to come check me out, I'm going to be at the Elysian Theater tomorrow doing my hour. Uh, that's tomorrow, Thursday, November seventeenth. So come through the Elysian. I'll be telling some jokes. I'll be talking about TV. I'll be doing, you know, getting ready for my album. It's going to be a good time. You know, if you're in LA, I got a bunch of shows, actually. Uh, I I was out of town and then I was like, I got to do as many shows when I get back as I can. Uh, So also at the Elysian Theater on Saturday, the 19th, I will be doing a live reading uh, with a few other amazing comedians, Grace Thomas, Alec Robbins, just some beautiful, hilarious people. We will be doing a live reading of the first two episodes of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Uh, if you know me, you know this is one of my favorite, like, one-season hit wonder shows that's an absolute mess. Aaron Sorkin, like, trying to recapture the magic of West Wing, but with an SNL behind-the-scenes spinoff weird show. I will be playing D.L. Hughley's character. It is going to be really funny. Uh, if you haven't watched Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, I would suggest if you're a real TV nerd, you go check it out. We did have Steven Weber, who was in the show on the first season of this, where he got to talk about it. So it'll be a good time if you're a real TV fan. Come out to the Elysian Saturday or Thursday. Or it's, I have a show with Pat Oswald Friday. So many shows in LA. Just go to you know my website. You, you, you're so blessed. But TV Club... You get this special gift. Coming up next, we got me. We got Jacob Anderson. So so cute. So, oh, just, you're going to love him. You're going to love him. Uh, so we're going to talk about Interview with a Vampire. And if you haven't watched that yet, don't worry. We don't have any spoilers. No spoilers for you. So enjoy this conversation and then go binge the whole thing. Go watch the finale. Go enjoy. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. TV Club listeners, my guest today, I am so excited. The amazing, amazing Jacob Anderson. You know him as Grey Worm. 
you know, from that one show, that big show, Game of Thrones. You also know him, obviously, Interview with the Vampire. Personally, I first knew you from Skins. You know, that amazing episode with with Minnie when she's pregnant. She doesn't want to face it. Wow. You play her dad's assistant. Deep cuts. Those deep cuts. For me personally, I think Skins <laughs> might be the most important kind of school of actors. So many important names have come through there. <laughs> yeah, there's um, amazing actors in that show. A lot of my friends were in Skins, actually, and they some of the most talented human beings I've ever met. Were you excited when you got that role? Were you kind of just like this, you know, teen show? Yeah, it was really fun. It was really cool to be in it. Again, just truly love that show. But obviously you are doing bigger things now. An interview with the vampire, critically acclaimed adaption of the film. Everyone is loving it. I'm sure there was a lot of pressure, you know, making sure you were going to do justice to the film, to the book. How did that feel? It really, at the beginning, was just like loaded (laughs) with pressure. (laughs) I think because also by that point, I'd like really fallen in love with this character and with these stories. And I just wanted to make sure that beyond like the obvious sort of backlash that might have come from it, I just wanted to make sure that I was really injecting Louis with with like the truth of who he is in those books. I think like with any adaptation of anything, you're just like, you have to figure out what you connect to. And then that's kind of the thing that you carry with you, I think. Like if you get too much in your head about like how other people are going to receive it, I think you can drive yourself a bit mad. (laughs) Personally, what I love about this adaptation is that it embraces all of the gayness Mm -hmm. uh, that the film kind of ignored. I know you were on Keep It with Ira recently and you said it's kind of like True Blood, which I have to agree, a better quality, but just as gay as True Blood. Ira said that. Yeah, Ira said that. So we'll put it on Ira. (laughs) But I just love that they brought this to the forefront. When you saw that they were going to handle the story that way, that they were going to, you know, change it from this plantation slave owner to someone who is dealing with race in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Was that a change that excited you? Were you kind of like, okay, what's going to happen here? Yeah, no, it, it was really exciting. I think completely removed from the source material. I was just excited. This was something that was going to be color conscious. It was going to be like, it's so much a part of the character and a part of the story that he has to navigate racism in not 1910s New Orleans. There is definitely a place for colorblind casting. And I think like, especially when you're dealing with like fantasy and and it's not like a sort of, I say even when it's not a a historical thing, we have history, (laughs) you know, we have history that is not only tied to racism, but yeah, it's, it's kind of rare to find something that like not only includes a historical context, but like relishes in it and, and it becomes so much a part of like that character's drive. It's, it's so much of, of Louis's existence what he's responding to. So yeah, it was really yeah. exciting. And and I've read the pilot before I read the first book. So it was almost like, even though I knew Brad Pitt, I'd seen the film when I was a teenager and I knew Brad Pitt played that part. I think it was more of a shock to me reading the book. You know, yeah, this character was a plantation owner and, and you know, I love Anne Rice's writing. So I don't say this to like shade her he kind of doesn't really reconcile with what he does in, you know, in the first book. He doesn't really seem to feel any sort of guilt. <laughs> but, you know, he's like yeah. very, he's, he, he's very um, preoccupied with morality. And yet that's just one sort of part of morality that he doesn't really seem to see for what it is. It always feels like this big blind spot. And I feel like in this day and age, you, you couldn't tell that story and not go, well, hey. <laughs> 
slaves are humans. You know, yeah. that, that's kind of a big part yeah. of it. I also love that I, I feel like the element of race makes the relationship between Claudia and Louis so much more special beyond the fact that, you know, they can read each other's minds. But it is sort of like them having this connection. And then there's this white guy <laughs> who's in their chosen family, yeah. which, I you know, I, I feel makes their bond so much stronger. I feel like there's such a theme of chosen family in the show. Yeah. How do you feel about that dynamic? I know there's so many just like TikTok videos, YouTubes of like, oh, them being such a cute little family together. Well, I don't know <laughs> like about all cute. They're hunting. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty dysfunctional. But then, I mean, what family yeah. isn't, to be fair? I mean, it's probably, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think there's definitely something to be said about that kind of the shared like racial context at that time that they have that in common. I think is like it means that you can you can sort of establish it as part of their relationship that there are just certain things that you just understand. You know, that you just fundamentally can understand when you look somebody else in the eye without explanation, without, it's, you know, and I think that that is, that's a really unique thing about this, the dynamic between Louis and Claudia in our interpretation. But yeah, I also love how the show explores like interracial relationships and like i think is it is it blended families here is that how it's put or is it like yeah yeah i say blended families lestat is absolutely not willing to explore those things he's absolutely (laughs) not uh he doesn't engage you know i think he like he's somebody he's one of those people that believes that like uh he believes in a sort of post-racial society but like at that time (laughs) we are not there yet now Not at all. I felt the episode that aired just before the finale, like Angels Put in Hell by God. This is one of those moments when you truly want to believe Lestat is remorseful. Things are going to get better. I guess I don't want to spoil it, Mm. but he lets you down there. (laughs) Uh, He lets you down. Yeah. How does Louis' journey feel at this point? I mean, we're coming into the finale. I just want to yell, like, please just get away from him, Claudia Louis, run. You know, how is it kind of bringing up this journey of his depression where he gets to this point? In the story, I think he's reached like a sort of numbness. And he says like, it's not crystallized, but he falls into like a disassociative shell. He's no, he no longer, he, he can't do it anymore it's almost like the overwhelm of this relationship the complexity of that relationship and what it means and and with that the kind of storm of what of what he's feeling about the start i think it just kind of shuts him off from it the easiest way to deal with it is to just pretend it's not happening i think that's the place that he reaches in in episode six i mean he's like he's depressed you know and um yeah and i think for him in that episode he sees kind of what a life with Claudia looks like. You know, it's like this really sort of loving, tender place of like understanding. And she rehabilitates him, you know, she takes care of him. And I think that he always always kind of thought of that dynamic as like, well, I'm, you know, I need to take care of her. But yeah. she's, she's in, I think she's in her 30s at that point. And like, you know, she's perfectly capable of of sort of, providing that part of their relationship particularly now that they're siblings you know that's their dynamic um and then as soon as Lestat is let back into their lives and they're kind of stuck in this house again and they're stuck in this kind of awful situation I think that it that provides like another option there is another option yeah but I think he's so low he's so like he's he thinks of himself 
so in such a low way. He he doesn't think he's worth anything at that point. He has no self esteem. So I think he's just it becomes a focus of like, well, maybe I could buy you some time, Claudia, and you can, you know, I'll take care of him, and you yeah you escape, you go live the life you deserve. At Louis, at the beginning of the season, there's just so much joy, flamboyance, and yeah, to see him brought so low, it that episode was very hard to watch for me. I loved it, absolutely amazing job. Thank you. Uh, and I know. In the preview we've seen for the finale, there's a Mardi Gras ball. There seems to be this big dance that we're going to get into. How much can you tell us about the finale? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk because you haven't seen it yet. I don't want to. I haven't I seen go it, into, but <laughs> into too much detail. But I think this is is now about like how do we um, get ourselves out of this situation, and about trusting Claudia to know to to know how to uh how to save them essentially i think like louis is is not in in the right headspace to sort of formulate a plan but yeah it's it then becomes about how do you do that how do you how do you kill a member of your family how do you kill somebody that you have loved and and potentially still love or you just have this deep connection with just this truly otherworldly connection i'm very very excited for the finale i cannot wait to watch it i i know you did an interview uh with the new york times i believe you were exploring like the catacombs and you said something like "Uh, i'm not afraid of death but i just like to keep my distance yeah which i I thought was very interesting you took on this project and then also (laughs) game of thrones i feel is this show where every episode you're like who's gonna die a major character could die and Grey Worm seemed like a character who would just eventually be sacrificed at some point. You were always just like, oh, please don't. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like you're taking on these roles where you're always kind of walking that dangerous edge of life, death, putting this character's, you know, life on the line. Do you just want to do a rom-com at some point? Would you just like to do a comedy? <laughs> I would love to, yeah. I mean, like, this is the thing is I think I'm really drawn to it. That's why I like to keep like a respectful distance. Like when I was a teenager, I like I was really this is gonna sound really dark, and maybe it is actually. I was kind of really obsessed with death, the concept of death. I think partly because of things that were going on in my life. And I do maybe have like a bit of a preoccupation with it and with, with the idea of like mortality and what that what that means and, and what it means to reflect on life as well. Like like what life is. How does it feel to be alive? What like, you know, when you really look at things, like this sounds very general, but like when you really look at like, like I'm looking at a water bottle right now and I'm like, so we've bottled water and water is this like strange element <laughs> that we need to survive and we, we drink it. So we've bottled it, but you can also get it in a stream where you can get it in the, like, this is, uh, this is a bad example, but like, you know, like when you, you really look around you you can really find the kind of beauty in life and also the brutality and it's quite hard to sort of I think we live in a society maybe that wants to sort of pin everything as like this or that yeah and there is all this space in between um yeah I think is probably the truer sense of of like what we are yeah I I feel like that's a great sort of metaphor for Louis and Lestat's relationship where it's just there's so much violence and danger but there's just something so deep there that really only they understand that's Mm. beautiful and it's just i absolutely love you two together (laughs) what was that like kind of finding the chemistry between you two 
I think I I almost feel like we didn't really need to find it. We were just really lucky. We we're really lucky that um we were sort of put together to do this. And I think like we there's something to be said for the fact that like there were there were like eight rounds of auditions for this. And it was so it was a really long process and you really like get to know your character when you're doing that much and you're like going over the same scenes and then you've got new scenes and and you're doing it with, you know, Rollin and Alan Taylor and all these people. And then Sam had sort of been through the same like gauntlet. So I guess you kind of meet each other at the same place. And then it's just a case, you know, other people audition for these parts and other people we read with different people and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I asked Alan Taylor uh, a few weeks ago, like, what were you looking for? How, like, how did you, because we did it all over Zoom as well. So we're doing chemistry oh, wow. tests over Zoom. And How is that? Is that horrible? <laughs> it sounds horrible. <laughs> in a way, yeah. But like, I, I think I'm an actor that like, apparently there's a word for actors like me, which is like, not good in the room. <laughs> As in, like, I'm not, I I get so anxious in auditions that I'm almost not really able to have very much control over my performance at all. So, like, in a way, Zoom and, like, self-tapes is great because it means that I can sort of manage my anxiety in a, in a way. Like, so I had something. I was always holding something off camera when I was doing this, this like, auditioning for this. When I'm on set, I'm fine because I'm, like, you know, you yeah. like lock in and you're in flow and you're enjoying it. But like, but yeah, it was, it was really, it was really weird, the chemistry part of it. But the the rest of the process, I kind of enjoyed it. It felt like I could control what I was doing a little bit more and actually present what I would like to do. Alan said that, that the the thing they were looking for was like how the actors interacted between the scenes, like how we sort of talked to each other and to them either about the scenes or just like, sort of pleasantries I guess and yeah me and Sam just really got on and I think we kind of spoke the same language not to say you know some good things came from COVID but hey we got you know zoom <laughs> auditions and you got this role I mean it might not have happened without it yeah and and it's it's weird because we've sort of I think discovered like me and Sam spent 40 minutes yesterday in a sticker shop like just looking at stickers and buying stickers and like that's not a thing that I, that you ever really talk about like you don't you don't go like are you into stickers sticker you know i used to have a sticker binder as a kid because <laughs> stickers are great they're amazing there's something they're really cool, yeah. therapeutic about it but like i feel like sam and i end up mentioning things and being like in person like do you want to go do this or do you want to do this and the other person's like yeah but then like <laughs> we 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 have uh there are cross there are so many crossovers you wouldn't expect it we grew up in very different ways in very different countries and but like we have sort of crossovers of sort of like weird things or like very niche things um that we never discussed really up until the point of like promoting this show and like doing press that we're like great like we're gonna go to universal today and i thought like oh is it a bit of a weird thing to like ask like, I don't, I don't know if it if it's awkward to, uh, like, normally I would be like, I wouldn't ask, like, a friend if they just wanted to go to Universal. But, like, with Sam, I'd be like, should we go to Universal Studios? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And it's do so you know fun. what I mean? Like, we just, I don't know, they're, they're, we just have similarities, I think, that we couldn't have really, we couldn't have known that we were so similar. 
but it really yeah. helped us when we were working, even if we didn't know it at the time. Yeah, you've shared so many details here that I feel like the <laughs> fandom is going to go crazy for. We're going to see so many like Louis and Lestat drawings of like buying stickers covered in stickers now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like riding rides at Universal Studios. It's going to be adorable. <laughs> All over Tumblr. It's going to be great. <laughs> so I, I do want to know, you know, other than Interview with the Vampire, what else are you watching? I'm curious. Do you watch uh, The House of the Dragon? Are you kind of, you know checking out the universe since you left or are you just kind of one of those people who's like when I'm on a show I just like focus on that no I love tv and I love films and I, like I I like to watch kind of everything if I can um it's a, I have a two-year-old so it's slightly different now you know like I it's harder to watch a film now it's harder to, yeah. to like really get involved in a in a show but um but I always did like I always used to see everything like every week I would watch every film in the cinema. And that's like, sometimes I was in like some serious debt. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I can eat on Tuesday or I can go and watch something at the Prince Charles cinema. And I was always, I'd always choose to go to the cinema, which is, um, yeah, not, not, uh, I wouldn't advise that necessarily. <laughs> Sorry, that was a long way around saying, yeah, I, I haven't watched House of the Dragon yet, but I plan to. But okay. I've been watching The Bear. I just oh. like that is my show. I like that's going to be my favorite show of the year. And I, I know it is. I it, it's such an incredible cast. Mm. I just I think it's amazing, it's especially the have you finished it? Sorry, I don't want to. No, <laughs> no, I'm on episode five. OK, then I'm not going to say what I was going to say. But oh, the performances are just so wonderful. I think it's such a beautiful story of healing and addiction. Yeah. And, you know, I I think I, I think it, it got renewed. So. Hopefully we'll get more. I'm so happy. So happy. Also was happy interview with the vampire was renewed before the season even came out. Yeah. Because I fell in love with the show and it was one of those, oh, great. I don't have to like hold my breath. Like, oh, no, will it come back? Yeah. So. But yeah, I, d I just I, like the, on the bear. I just have to say, like, I, I, it made me cry. Like watching a man making a cake. I was like Ugh. in tears. I think it's such elegant storytelling. It's so yeah. like there's and yeah, the performances are, are really grounded, but then it kind of like every you can tell everybody's really game for like the tone of that show and like how it how it functions and and like just these tiny little interactions that that people are having with each other because of everything you've learned in these kind of like trickling ways, they they feel massive. Like I love things like that that feel like the scale is so huge and the stakes are huge, but they're all emotional stakes. They're all like, yeah. I just love that show. I just wanted to say for a second that I loved it. And like, T there's a bit where Tina. Very, very different. Yeah. It, she, she's just, she's been at this, this restaurant for all this time. And this younger woman is saying to her, like, you're not doing it right. And she's so embarrassed. Yeah. And it's just like, this, it's kind of heartbreaking. Her I love that show. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. When she like hates the potatoes <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, Sydney was right. Yeah. Like putting this did make it better. And it's like, you know, when you see her eventually kind of come to the other side of the team and accept it, it's such a beautiful story. I, yeah. You know, maybe you could come in, play somebody's cousin or something, a little something different than dealing with like murder and like war every <laughs> week. Thing is, just once, write you in. once I fall in love with something, once I like really am invested in something, I kind of need to stay away from it. That's what I've learned. Oh. I've learned like I can't function. But I mean, like you said, you mentioned about keep it like I couldn't be in the same space, even over Zoom <laughs> with Ira, because like he's become so much a part of my life that like me being there didn't feel right 
I was like, I, oh. <laughs> this doesn't feel a normal. So I could never be in the bear, but I just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I me, Iron. I'm just like, it, the, like you're my best friend, but you don't know me, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I listen to you all the time, but you, but hey, how are we doing? <laughs> uh, are there any like trashy reality shows you watch you in any of that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite. So me and my sister. Um, my sister is my person, my reality TV person. Oh. You know, like you always have a person that, like, you might just mention in passing that, like, oh, I know it's embarrassing, but I watch like Real Housewives of Potomac, and then they'll be like, oh my god, me too, and then you have this conversation. Um, but uh, I've really gotten into Below Deck, like a, uh. a Below Deck Med is. Below de- oh, I just started Below Deck Med. I so finished fun. Sailing Yacht and now I'm in Med. I love it. It's so fun. And it's it's like, there's something I think about the fact that that show is about like a workplace that I really love. Like everybody is, like yeah. all of these characters. And I know there are other people working on that boat. There has to be in order oh, yeah, for it to yeah. function. I, but like, yeah, I, I think someone did an interview where they were like, there's like an entire other staff running the boat. Yeah, yeah, of course. But then then you like seeing these people doing their jobs, but they're also these kind of like heightened reality characters and then seeing how that doesn't work. Sometimes like you can you can hire somebody that is a great character, but is not good at their job and yeah. they have to go. They have to leave the show. They got to go. Because yeah. there's a boat to run. <laughs> yeah. Like Danny and Me- he was so charming, oh but gosh. you can't make out with the guests, Danny. And now you got to go. And then you could tell they were straining to keep Danny. Like they were yeah. like, he's such good TV, but he's, he's actually just, yeah, uh, ruining but things. But like, no, yeah, he'll probably get us a lawsuit if he stays on this boat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm always more into the like work side of it. I'm just like, come on, you guys, like you got to get that cake right for the, for the, for the, you know, charter members or whatever. Yeah. I never care about like the guests. I'm just like, how's the work getting done? You know, are you, was she up on time to do deck crew? Yeah. Like, And I can't quite figure out if Captain Sandy is more of a, like, she's clearly brilliant at her job, but she's yeah. also like, there's this sort of like wry <laughs> smile and this sort of like she is she's um she knows she's on TV and I yeah. really can't pin her like I can't figure out if she is like a, a great reality TV star or a great captain or both or like what yeah <laughs> what, what is her function on that show yeah versus like Captain Lee where you're just like oh okay he's a great captain does not care about the cameras yeah. and then on sailing yacht oh I can't remember the captain's name but he just wants everyone to like him. He's like, please be my friend. Like, <laughs> he's the only captain who shares his room with someone. Yeah. I mean, those uh, those, I, those yachts are smaller, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still like, <laughs> come on, man. You're the captain. Like, yeah. Have some respect for yourself. Have some respect, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Below Deck. Uh, we're coming up at the end here. Uh, TV Club, we love to just always kind of know. The fans always love to ask. Mm-hmm. What were your favorite shows growing up? What would you say are the oh, TV shows that shaped you? I think a show, like the community for me was like, I just felt like that show was made for me. Like in a way yes. that 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 no other show really, particularly at the point at which I found it. I think I was probably like, um, like 17, 18. And it was like it yeah. never aired in the UK. Like it never, and I had to get like so. I, I, mean, I might get in trouble for this, but like I pirated it first time around when I watched it, and then I bought like a region free version of the DVD and like 
with the booklet and stuff because I felt bad about pirating oh my gosh. it. I think Dan Harmon will forgive you for it. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope, I hope so. But like it also, it just had all of these, like I, I used to love the Sarah Silverman show and then so Dan Harmon, that connection. And then there's a film called Welcome to Collingwood uh, that the Russo brothers directed. And then that showed me, to, that that brought me to Arrested Development and I loved Arrested yeah. Development. That was probably one uh. of my, you know. And then Donald Glover as well like uh, the Derek comedy stuff. So it was like all of yeah. these things that I, were like sort of niche, like geeky things that I loved or nerdy things that I loved were all like all coalesced to make this, this show. And it, and it, it, it was everything that I have. I, I absolutely adore that show and I can watch oh, it. Again I love community. Yeah. I watch it again and again and again. I can, there are episodes I can quote. Oh, we could have like an hour long conversation about community. <laughs> now I know you're an expert when we do a community episode, I got to bring you back. Please. I, love that show i just love that you love all these goofy comedies i think in the new york times piece you said something like oh the tour guide talks like uh mcgruber yeah. <laughs> and i was just like someone let him do a comedy let him do something funny he talked he did talk like, like mcgruber and and that was and I, and I just been watching i just finished watching mcgruber like a few days earlier and i was like this I, man has exactly the same cadence as as mcgruber and it's distracting <laughs> yeah I love that. And, you know, I hope in the future, maybe you get a role that's a little less blood bodies and maybe just some more laughs. It's fine. I'm like, I'm happy to watch that stuff. You know, you need <laughs> you need the separation. True. Yeah. True. You need something to, to lighten the load after, you know, dealing with burning bodies all day. Exactly. So. <laughs> uh, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us. You, you have truly given me my favorite answers of anyone that you have amazing <laughs> taste in television. No. <laughs> But thank you. It's been a, it's been lovely. I'll come back. Let's come back and just like talk about about TV shows. Oh, we'll talk <laughs> about Community. Do you watch Atlanta? Yeah. Have you finished the the newest season? No. The finale was last night. Okay. Well, no, I haven't finished it. It's, it's so good. They really ended on a beautiful note. So once you do, we'll talk about that. Uh, thank you so much for joining us thank if you. you're listening to this go head to amc go watch the finale it's out now so we didn't spoil it for you so go go watch it yeah there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers that's more people than there are in france which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast it's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. See, I told you, I'm Jacob Anderson. I'm I'm forever a fan. I'm a stan now. So, so nice. Just one of the sweetest people. Uh, what a great episode. Thank you for listening. Let me get you out of here with some just quick homework. Home economics and the Goldbergs. 
I'm putting it on your list because I've had a hard time finding a way to watch it in Colombia. So when I get back, I'm binging Home Economics and the Goldbergs. I think I have like two episodes of each. So of course, I'm going to binge them. We'll talk about it. Don't worry. We also have Blockbuster on Netflix. Gonna get going with that one. I did watch the first episode. Loved it. Can't wait to dive into that whole world. It's giving me Superstore vibes, you know, so I've been enjoying it. Uh, Mythic Quest, the new season is out now on Apple TV. I love it. I know this season's going to be even bigger and better. It's been a while since we've gotten some new episodes. So this is very exciting. Documentary now still trucking along, still doing a great, great job. This past episode, the newest one about the French woman who is trying to find her frison or the the cause in life that gives her goosebumps. Loved it. it. It was so beautiful. It actually felt like a legit documentary, not a parody. Uh, so just thought it was a beautiful moment. And finally, The Crown. Oh, The Crown. Yeah, she's back. She's on Netflix the whole season. I, I have a very specific way I have to watch The Crown, which is that like I have to have a bottle of champagne, orange juice, do some mimosas and a giant thing of ice cream. And then I sit down like by myself on preferably, you know, like a Thanksgiving week. That's probably what I'll do for Thanksgiving. And I watch the whole thing and I just enjoy the decadence. I cannot wait to see the justice they do, my girl Diana, with her beautiful gowns. So, you know, watch The Crown. We're going to be getting deep, deep into it in a future episode. And that's your homework. That's what I got for you. That, you know, I hey, I'm on vacation, so I'm keeping it light for you. But when we're back, I'm telling you, I'm diving in deep. Be ready, TV Club. I'll be back in America next week. Can't wait to watch more, talk with you more. We'll be back next week with another episode. TV I say with Ashley Ray another episode another episode TV I Say with Ashley Ray is an Earwolf production made by me, Ashley Ray Harris. It's engineered by Sam Kiefer and produced by Amelia Chapelo. And our original theme song is by Rafia. It means so much to me if you go rate, review, subscribe, follow TV I Say. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Share with your golden girls. Tell your boys. If you love my TV recommendations, let everyone you know know. For special TV club members, join my Patreon. And you can also find my full archive ad-free episodes of TV I Say over on Stitcher Premium. Use promo code TVISAY, all one word, for a one-month free trial at stitcher.com slash premium. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and french fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.